Hello, and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. We are going to go to two places today, and our first scripture is going to be in Acts chapter 1. And then a couple of passages right in front of that will be John chapter 17. Acts chapter 1, that's in the New Testament. So right after the Gospels, we got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. Acts chapter 1, and then also John chapter 17. For the next couple of weeks, we want to focus on our messages on being outward focused and not just inward not just being consumers but also being producers being those that have a mindset that's outside of the four walls of the church no longer just having the idea that Christianity is attending religious gatherings but that we are living on mission anybody remember that old uh, show that was Little House of Horrors and there was that huge egg or that huge plant that was talk to you. Anybody remember that? And he would say three words, feed me, Seymour, feed me, Seymour. If you don't remember, I came equipped. I've got a video clip for you. Let's show this video. Probably not going to happen, right? All right. That's the way it's just going. So anyway, just imagine the dad from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? You all remember that show? And, uh, and he's got this plant, and he's like yelling at him to feed me. And then he's got a song that also goes with this whole thing. And he says, you know, feed me all night, feed me all day. I just got to have more and to consume. And I just wonder how often the idea of Christianity is. I'm just going to come and just feed me. Just say some stuff to me. Give me my daily bread. You feed me this week, and I need one meal every seven days. I just show up to church, and you feed me. And it's very consumer-focused. And we get to pick off the menu. Ah, I like that song. I don't really like that style. Oh, that was a good message. That wasn't his best. Uh, I like this church over here. And we shop as if we're consumers, rather than saying, I'm on mission. I'm living something so much deeper and focused about the intentionality of my spirit is not just to belly up to the buffet. It's to get equipped to go live and do the stuff that Christ has called us to do. Y'all see the difference between just sitting and staying versus going and doing. And whenever we get jammed up in a place where we just sit and we stall out, death and paralysis start taking over the human heart. When we've been called to live on mission, we've been called to go and to be sent and live sent as if we're continually called to be about our Father's business. It's been one year now since I've transitioned from full-time pastor to part-time pastor and working at TLC Management. Coming up in just a couple weeks, it'll be one year that Andrew and Jessica have been there here. And I love the fact that Andrew or that, uh, that Jessica and Jamie are wearing the same outfit. You have to wear that outfit if you're a teacher in elementary at 
Madison Grant. Um, so if you want to apply, show up with that dress on. Um, but it's coming up on one year, and they've just been a blessing to our church family. And, and so for me, I spend a lot of time in my car traveling to different nursing home facilities. And so in order to hack the game, I've got to make up for lost time, right? So I'll write sermons in the car with my voice to text. Isn't technology amazing? So I'm able to, to say, I'll tell Surrey, hey, Surrey, we're about to preach. Get ready. All right, get ready, Surrey. Well, I'm going to call all souls, Surrey. And, uh, and so I'll speak to Surrey, and she thinks I say a certain thing, and I don't. Anybody ever send out texts and you think you said something? And so I'll show you. Here's a clip of my, my notes, and maybe you can't see it, but I'm going to zoom in here. Let's go to this next one right here. And I said, we don't go to the next one, please. Right here. Distracted with church rather than living on Michigan. <laughs> now, if you want to live on Michigan, I've got no problem with y'all living on Michigan. But the point of this was, I don't want to be distracted by thinking I'm a good Christian going to church when I've been called to live on mission. Surrey, Siri, whatever your name is, we're on a mission here. Don't trip me up. I'm flowing. And sometimes I get flowing. It's just all red lines all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, Siri thinks I'm speaking in tongues right now. We got to get it all back. I got to correct everything I just said. To live on mission. How many of y'all know that we can get distracted easily? USA Today had a report that came out and it said that 50% of Americans are sleep deprived. I said, you got to be kidding me. 100% of my family is sleep deprived. Uh, well, our family doesn't sleep. You got to be kidding me. And he said that there's three things that happen because of a lack of sleep. Number one, it's a life that is always stressed. Anybody just don't get enough sleep, or maybe you try to sleep and it's just bad sleep. Maybe life's so busy, like, man, I just, as soon as I can get to bed, I, I do, and it's up and at it early in the morning, and what happens is it adds the level of stress to our life. Discouragement, it says, whenever we don't get enough rest, that it happens, it hits our health, and we just live in a place of discouragement just because we're not living rested. And the next one is distraction because of being too busy. Distraction, I think, is one of the biggest things that has just stolen our gaze from the mission we're called to. We get so distracted easily on so much of the lesser. I don't know, at least I do. I get so much on the lesser. And, the, and what it, the, all he said, she said, or maybe this person doesn't like that, or maybe I get distracted on all of these other things. When I've been called to live at a much higher velocity and, and, and crescendoing through life, I'm just kind of like plateauing. I'm not gaining altitude in what God is calling me to do. Are y'all all with me? And I understand age might play a part of that. We just get tired and you just kind of, I'm just wearing down. Just because we get older doesn't mean we lose impact. Just because you get older, and I would actually say it the opposite way, as you get older, you should gain influence. You have more to give than any of us. Trust me, I don't know what I'm doing a lot of the time. And y'all still keep showing up. As we age, we should have more to offer. Maybe we can't go as hard as long, but we still have a lot of good stuff. We don't want to eliminate ourselves to saying, well, I just don't have influence. I don't have impact. You don't get it. There is still air in your lungs. There's still influence with your life. 
There is still more that God has in store for you to be on mission and to say, man, God, what else is it that you have for me? Not for me just to show up and be a consumer. Feed me, feed me, feed me. No, God, what is it that you've got for me to do? I've got to run. I've got to get going with what you've called me to do. One of the things that's, it seems like it's a daily. Alyssa, don't shout me down. Putting kids to bed at night from our living room to their bedroom is about a, about a three-mile journey. <laughs> I mean, they have found every detour. They have found every distraction. They have, from our living room, they have figured out a way to climb out of the window. They're on top of the roof. They're in the backyard hunting toads. They're, you know, what a, they are, got their pajamas on. Finally, oh, I forgot I didn't bathe for three days. Great, let's go get in the bathtub. You turn on the water, they found all of the biggest soapy suds water. Now there's a slip and slide going down the hallway. You're like, what in the world has just happened? I said, go to bed. And they, get, they found every other entertainment possible to distract themselves with all of these other pleasures rather than to do what their father has called them to do. And they say, no, nah, we would rather do this, Father. I know that you've, you've got something for me, but I, I'm more entertained with something else that I would rather have my heart pitter-patter about. And it's interesting. We go from go to bed to party like it's 1999 in that short amount of a time. And I think it happens in our own lives, whether it's busyness, whether it's distraction, whether it's disinterest. I don't really care about the lost world that's out there. I don't burn for my neighbor. My heart doesn't grieve for those far from Jesus. Honestly, I'm just fine. I'm not really concerned about the sinner. I'm concerned about dinner. And I would much rather just go home and eat than I would weep and pray and plead and talk to and invite in because it's Tuesday and my favorite show is on Tuesday Lord I give you my life but just not Tuesday nights can't have Tuesdays ABC has Tuesdays Lord I give you everything Lord but definitely not Saturday mornings because I gotta mow can't be involved in maybe men's group where I can't help my, my neighbor, I can't invest in my community, whatever it is. But I'll just tell you this, the more that we focus on ourselves and the more that you just, just serve yourself, you will be all by yourself. Life will just get really, really small and it will just get more lonely. And I'm pleading for you to have a life of impact that's focused exponentially larger on others around you by giving your life away on a mission that God is calling you to live. I know for me, I don't care about my neighbor the more I look at my neighbor. <laughs> That's frustrating. I don't care about my coworker the more I see them up close. And here's the deal, is that distance causes distortion. The farther I am away from them, I get to kinda, kinda pick and I kinda see some things that I don't always like. And usually, proximity creates better perspective. 
proximity and perspective and distance and distortion and the closer that I get sometimes it helps me see the whole landscape but if I'm able just to kind of stand back and judge and critique my heart shuts down and I notice the more that I see them the less I want to give them the more I see the cross the more I want to have encounter with my neighbor I'll tell you this small encounters with the cross equals small encounters with the lost Many encounters at the cross when I get absolutely snockered by the grace and the goodness of the Lord in my life. And I get cross-eyed and fixed on him. There is something in me that has to overflow. I cannot keep it in. And I am just almost inebriated, just blown away by the grace of God on my own life. I'm like, whoa, what is this? And it's no longer feed me, feed me. You need to give me more. It's I've got so much that I've got to give to others. All of a sudden, I show up to work not just to make furniture. Now I'm showing up to work because Christ wants to use me while we're putting on these furniture legs. Now I'm showing up not just to make widgets. Now I'm showing up because that's just the platform for my purpose. There's a difference between our purpose and our platform. And I'll tell you that I might work in a nursing home, but that's just the platform to bring the life of Christ to every single nurse, CNA, laundry, dietary that I ever encounter. I still have a purpose. I am on a mission. And they just provide a platform for me to come in and preach. I'm not, I'm not kidding. You might work in a, in a factory. That's your platform to live out your purpose that God has called you to live out are you in Acts chapter 1 yet I'm trying to get there one of the things that happened in Quaker history in the late 1600s early 1700s this happened and we went from a denomination that was about fire it was George Fox, it was martyrs, it was being burnt at the stake, it was, it was people just, just turning the world upside down. And after those early fathers of the faith died off, there was a generation that came up that didn't know what to do. They were ill-equipped. I've heard it said that what one generation uh, starts, the second generation uses, and the third generation loses. So by the third generation, we had kind of lost the fire that got the whole movement going in the first place. And we went from going and doing to sitting and staying, and we got really quiet. And even during our services today, 300 years later, we say, shh, let's just do this for a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with sitting before the Lord for a minute, and then let's go and we sat for a couple centuries I took my Quaker history class I did a Quaker history class whenever I was recorded and we went through a, a book called the rich heritage of Quakerism this is in chapter 12 and this is part of the paper that I had written it says in 1690 to 1825 marked the age of quietism. This came with pros and cons. The virtue of waiting for God is to be honored 
but it came with unfortunate effects. Within one generation after George Fox, friends moved away from the radical roots for more rule-based religion. Friends wrestled with the tricky balance of scripture, the, the scripture that says, without me, you can do nothing. And the other scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where Fox and his radicals preferred to go with Christ, the second wave of friends preferred to wait on Christ. Majoring now more on the rules of disciplines, the movement became more of an institution. The move now was more of a monument. Rather than moving forward, it was more about holding on to what they had. Two things that were lost in this latter approach. First, we no longer sense the fullness of joy that vibrated in the message of the first publishers of truth. And rarely the compelling missionary passion so common during the youthful period of the movement. I don't know about you, but I want to move. I don't want to be a monument. I don't want to be a, a, a let's, hey, let's go and, and visit that, that church. It's a museum. No, it's a movement that is on the go. So Acts chapter 1. This is Jesus. He's about to ascend to heaven, right? The four gospels are done. Jesus has got his 12 disciples, and they're all hanging out, and they basically ask the question, are we done? Jesus, are we done? They say, are you going to just kind of show off your glory and take all of us to glory with you? And I guess this whole thing that you've tried to do for the last three years, is it, is it over now? Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, in my former book, Theophilus, and this is the author Luke writing, and so we could just say, in the book of Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven after giving these instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 years and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father promised, which you have heard me speak about, right? So he says, wait. There's a moment to wait, and he says, wait, and God will come. For John the Baptist, uh, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Or basically, at this time that that God shows up, the Holy Spirit comes, you're going to ascend to heaven. Are you going to wrap this whole thing up with the kingdom? Is that what's going to happen? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates that the Lord has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. What an exit. <laughs> you ever just have an amazing exit? Or maybe you just dropped like some really cool, you know, line and you, just, and you just walk, man. It's like owned it. You flip your hair like I do often and just walk. And Jesus drops this nugget and then ascends into the clouds and he's gone. The last words of anyone probably matter. If you've ever been at the bedside of someone and they share their last words wouldn't you hold on to those last words and Jesus' last words are go into all of the world 
Judea, Samaria, all of the, the, to the ends of the earth. And he says, and be martyrs for me. Be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. I'm gonna come upon you. You ever just wonder, it's like, but God, can't we be done? Haven't I done enough? I mean, I went to, I went to church this week. I even tried to stop cussing. Haven't I done enough? Are you going to wrap this thing up, God, in my purpose here on the earth? Can't the pastor come up with something better? He needs to feed me something. I'll tell you, the most joy that I have felt in my relationship with the Lord, number one, whenever I came to him. Number two, bringing others to him. And you're missing out on one of the biggest joys in the whole encounter with the Lord if we are not sharing him with others to bring them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's one of the greatest pleasures. And I'll tell you, there's like a fraternity that rallies around soul winners. Those that have just, that, that God comes upon and they say, Jesus, here am I, use me. And I want to have my mouth be a, a voice to, to, to be the mouthpiece of heaven that you could speak through that you would call people's hearts into a deeper relationship with you. You ever wonder why it's called the book of Acts? Most of the books of the Bible are named after people. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or places. Galatia, Philippi, Ephesus, right? Colossia, right? Acts. Because this was the recording of the men's acts, their, their livelihood of walking out what Jesus had called them to do. Here's what they are doing in action. And they record these, these passages of scripture of what they're doing. Let me ask you, if they would write a book about your acts, how long would that book be? And what would the stories be? He was a really nice guy. He had great table manners. He said, please and thank you. Man, he just really exuded the life of Christ. He said, thank you. He showed up on time. What would they say? This guy had fire in his heart, man. He wept over the loss. He was, he was begging his, his neighbors. He would serve and he was doing whatever he could to exude Jesus in his community. He was so focused outside of himself. There was something bigger than him. It wasn't feed me. It was I've got enough already. It's time to go. And here's what he did. Here's what she did with her life. If they would write a book about the church of Fairmount Friends, what are the acts that we do? Is it we gather in little groups and do more Bible studies? Hey, let's do another Bible study. Or is it they're saying, let's get out of the church into the community? Think about this. Who are the people that are around your life that God has purposely put in your life? You think that he just puts you in that factory because to give you a job. That's a nice side effect, but that's the platform for a much greater purpose. There are people around you who are those that don't know Jesus? And do I burn enough for their relationship with God, for their all of eternity? And I would just say, Jesus, move my heart the way that your heart moves. There's a cool passage, or there's a cool quote here I want to read you. And it's from Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, when was the last time 
that you were broken for the lost. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. If they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, let it be filled with the teeth of our exertions, and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. I don't know if I care at that degree. I don't know if, as I'm walking in to get my groceries, if I understand that I've got a greater purpose here. I'm living sent. Alyssa has sent me to pick up some sort of food. Jesus has sent me at that time, at that place. I just believe it. I'm just captured by that. I just can't escape the idea that he is in me and on me in my everyday life and he is sending me in this moment. I gotta live sent. I gotta live mission-minded. It's more than just grabbing the bread, grabbing the buns, grabbing the ketchup and getting on with my life. Jesus, what do you have here? What, what do you want me to do? And if people are going to hell, let it be because I was dragging on their legs trying to do my very best I could to point them to Jesus. We gotta get a mindset that's focused outside. In John chapter 17, are y'all there? We're gonna close with this passage. Jesus, he, he prays this prayer and Jesus trained his disciples to go, not stay. For three years, he trained him to go. He didn't train him just to sit. Forty times in the Gospels, Jesus says, I was sent. Hey, how did that happen? Well, I was sent here to tell you. I was sent to heal you. Jesus says, I was just sent. Forty times in the Gospels, he said, I was sent. And in John chapter 17, actually just back up one verse. John 16, verse 33, it says this. This is Jesus, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's a great kind of pregame speech. Yeah, coach, we're gonna overcome the world. He's all fired up. And we're gonna go sit down, right, coach? Coach, fire us up so we can go sit. And Jesus goes into John chapter 17. After Jesus said this, he looked to the heavens and he prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son. Your son will glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he would give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that you know the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Drop down to verse 15. My prayer is that you... Uh, is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may truly be sanctified. I don't know if I can handle it to the same degree that Jesus has been sent. I'm now being sent at the same level. He says, at the same way you've sent me, I now 
send them. And he says, I sanctify them. This word sanctified means to be set apart and not to be set apart just to sit in church services. It means to be set apart for a holy mission. That's what sanctification means, to be set apart for a holy mission. Let's tell the work of Christ that he's doing in you is just not to clean you up, just to keep you in Bible studies. I hope that you go to Bible studies. You should. We need the equipping of the saints. We need that. But if we're not doing anything with it, if we just only consume and never produce, we're missing the majority of what Scripture is all about, which is do the stuff that Jesus did. Not just learn what he did, do what he did. And to live on this mission that he's called us to live. So a couple questions that I would just want to ask. A couple practical questions that I want to ask myself. To where am I sent? Does God have a mission on your heart? Maybe, maybe there's a missionary that's sitting in here saying, man, I feel like it. I, I got this, this eager thing to go. Maybe not overseas, maybe across the street. God, are you sending me across the street? Are you, have you sent me into this restaurant? Have you sent me? Am I living sent all the time? God, where? The next question, to whom am I sent? There's a particular group of people that are around you. You can say, God, who, who is it? And then I would start praying for them and open up pathways of communication and, and start moving on their heart right now. People, you know their heart is far from the Lord. And lastly, am I obeying this call? Am I obeying scripture? Am I living in disobedience by not living on mission to carry this gospel to others? God, change my heart. Move in my life. Do a work within me. I want to pray over our church family and as we close here this morning that you would even just volunteer in your heart and say, Jesus, I just put a yes in my heart. I put a yes to the where and the where might be who knows, the Dominican, and it might be Driscoll's. You never know. God, I want you to put a, a yes in my heart, and it could be somebody on the other side of the planet, or it could be my neighbor, but I just put a yes in my heart. Church, would you stand with me this morning, and we'll pray. Jesus, there's many things that keep us. Maybe it's fear. Maybe we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. Maybe we get jammed up in, in areas of, I, I don't know how to do this. Lord, I pray that you would just bust us through fear, that we would begin just to share our own faith, our own testimonies, that you would use our lives in powerful ways. Lord, I pray that you would change our mindset from one that just consumes and just kind of lives life to one that is living sent. And we just ask the question, are we done? And you say, oh no, we're just getting started. Church, God is just getting started with your life. And Lord, I just pray over this church that, the, that if we would write the story of Acts of Fairmount Friends, that it would be a church on mission, a church reaching its community. And we just pray over our community right now, God, that you would turn hearts, that you would save souls, that you would restore marriages, God, that you would turn hearts of fathers and children back toward one another. God, that you would just do a powerful work in our community through the lives of these people here. We honor you and bless you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
So we're so glad you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.